This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. It's Sunday, May 29th, 2022. What a great week on the farm. Let me give you some updates on what's happening with their bees and also what we're going to be doing today in the next couple of weeks. So yesterday was a fantastic day on the farm. We had Dan, Melanie, and James come out there, our farm sponsors from OSR Clinics. We had a great uh, lunch down at the uh, lake, uh, some Lake Erie perch and pickerel, and then we ended up uh, coming back to the farm, got all suited up and went out and uh, we actually have two hives. We put honey boxes on for the family. We usually do one or two boxes a year. And then we uh, inspected some hives that needed to be looked at. And then we had a little discussion. If you remember, if you follow along on the Instagram, I had that very aggressive hive that I took to the back of the farm in the forest there. And I thought, okay, because we're all suited up, uh, why don't we why don't we go have a look and make a decision? Should we put a honey box on there and just make them work for us? Or should we actually put a honey box without a small or a medium, sorry, without a queen excluder and let them expand the colony? So we had a discussion and James, young man, I think he's in grade five or six, said, you know, why don't we let them propagate? And we talked a little bit about how, um, you know, one topic I'm gonna talk a bit more about, about aggressive traits are probably good for bees to keep them alive so we did that and you know with a lot of smoke they were actually not too bad we got buzzed quite a bit but you know when we started to move away from the hive I'd say within 50 feet they stopped and uh, went back to their hive so um, I think it's going to be a hive I'm still going to look at regularly even though I'm going to have to make sure I'm well suited for it and probably get stung the odd time but I think that's going to be an area we're going to put our aggressive bees because we probably will have more so that was the update on the aggressive hive seems to be doing well when we opened it up pretty much all the frames were covered with bees even though remember about three or four weeks ago that hive was split uh, so we took almost half of the frames from that hive in fact we did and uh, it's now full again so it's a it's a it's quite an interesting uh, study that hive on friday i was uh, near guelph uh, at the Zabo Bia Bee Farm, I'll call it. I'm not sure there's a traditional name, but where Mr. Zabo does uh, queen rearing of a certain strain of bees. Apparently, it's 70% uh, carny and 30% Italian. And that his grandfather developed as part of a, a goal to develop bees that were somewhat resistant to disease, but also, um, you know, easy to work with which I, I'm starting to have trouble with if they're too easy to work with they're probably not going to make it but these bees have been very successful so we brought them in for more diversity so we have on the farm right now we have carniolians or carnies um, the original 10 hives we brought in were buckfast and carnies combined uh, we brought in um, saskatels from Saskatchewan and now um, Zabo queens. So we're, we're getting quite a diverse genetic mix here on the farm. As you know, we, we lost all our hives in the winter. We now have, uh, we started with 10 of the Buckfast uh, Carney combination that had survived the winter fairly close to our farm. So they were one year in from the winter. And doing splits and so on, we're now up to 27 hives. We have one more, uh, uh, group of queens coming in in late July early August which will be fertilized queens that we will um, put into six to eight hives and that they're from Saskatchewan as well 
and that's a different version of a Saskatchewan bee, and that will give us quite a bit of uh, genetic diversity here on the farm. Today I plan on going out and, and, and inspecting a few more hives, and I may have to turn some nukes into regular hives because they're expanding, and um, may actually do a few more splits depending on what I see inside the hive boxes. A uh, couple other thoughts. So I was waiting to pick up uh, my queens near Guelph on Friday, and one beekeeper said that the only bees that survived his uh, apiary were the very aggressive type. They call them hot. I find it interesting that beekeepers have these terms for bees. Instead of just saying really aggressive, we we tend to try to use terms to represent that. And I, I think it's just either, you know, you're aggressive, very aggressive, or like really aggressive or something to describe it. Because hot to me is kind of like a weird term. Uh, the other thing I've noticed in my, you know, five years of doing this um, after a little bit of an experience as a child and now back at it is that conventional beekeepers are pretty much purists in an area that they believe is helpful. So if they believe, for example, buckfest bees or carnies or Italian bees or whatever it may be to be the way or a certain way to raise bees, that is the way. There doesn't seem to be a lot of flexibility or openness to challenge conventional thinking, which is not unusual for humans in general, but it, it seems to me when, when when bees aren't making it in a lot of places for a lot of reasons, it would be helpful just to be open-minded and see what perhaps can, can develop. So a couple summary things that I've learned so far this year, it appears that of the 10 hives that came, who survived the winter quite well, there's probably three that have real good strength and seem to have a queen that's doing well. There's probably, of the remaining bees, there's probably three that are sort of okay and we'll have to keep track of them. Uh, a couple hives have tried to requeen themselves and we'll have to wait a month to see how successful they were in doing that. They superseded or they created a queen cell or two to battle it out and become the new queen because the original queen was not laying eggs properly. And we saw that when we opened up some of the hives yesterday. And we had two that I've already put in uh, Zabo queens because the queens were no longer functional or there, probably died. And, and so the issue of queen longevity or health is, is a real key problem today. All of the bees that we received, all 10 hives were, were you know traditionally managed as far as treatment so on. So there were no mites or anything like that. These were, these were queens that just didn't make it. So, because the highs were still fairly strong, the, the, the brood was there and so on, but for some reason, uh, the, hive, the queen seemed to fail. So moving forward, we're going to keep, um, I'm going to have to open hives a lot in the spring just to see the health of the hives and which genetic group or which hives are doing well and you know, that kind of thing. But eventually there'll be less management. I think the, the most management will happen in the spring probably from late April to sometime in June, mid-June. And after that, it's pretty much, uh, you know, observing and collecting data and keeping an eye on them. Um, the the other big question I have is that, you know, when I brought the 10 queens from uh, Guelph, from the Zabo um, facility, they're virgins, so they have to go out and they have to mate with drones. And so some of them will 
go back to the wrong hive, get lost, eaten by birds, and so on. So it'll be interesting to see what percentage make it back because these queens are marked. It's the first time we've had marked queens with a little white dab of paint, I guess, on their back, which they can't see. The other bees can't see, apparently. But the bottom line is it'll, it'll give us a bit of indication of how many of those bees in a month are still, the queens are still there and are they functioning. And that's going to be fun to see, and I'll report on that as well. Uh, so it looks like a beautiful day. The the other really exciting news is the webcam, and I I watch it regularly. If you if you want to go to um, wildflowerbeefarm.com and sign up for the Bee Science Club, you can do it seven days for free, and after that, the whole year is fifteen dollars to support what we do. But I've all I've been fascinated by the evening cleanup crew, and I'm they don't always come, they're not always there, but they do come. And everything from earwigs to ants to different insects will come and, and eat bits of pollen that may have been dropped or bits of nectar, whatever is at the entrance. They rarely go in inside. And even when the bees are there, the guards at night, they allow them to do their job. So that's a fascinating finding. Also, there was a period of time um, at about 10 o'clock in the evening, and I did some, I just accidentally caught it and did some video and put it up where a group of bees seem to be almost sunbathing by the front entrance. Just a little small clump of them. And it wasn't warm out, so they weren't, you know, getting out to beard to get away from the heat or make more space or room in the hive. They were just out there. It looked like they were sunbathing. And then I wondered if the infrared light was attracting them. So I did some digging online, some of the science, and found that uh, some great research in um, Britain and also UCLA in California determined that infrared light treatment helps bees counteract the impact of pesticide exposure. Clear evidence, clear scientific evidence. So then I started wondering, because all around me are um, farms. We have 50 acres in the middle of a very fertile agricultural area. And I wondered, for some reason, did those bees pick up the fact that they felt better when they were in front of the infrared or was it just a coincidence had nothing to do with anything? I'm going to keep track of that. Also trying to work with a local electrician to come up with an infrared sensor or, sorry, infrared um, bulb that will go on 15 minutes twice a day, which was the study result uh, in the research. Not only did it help and totally uh, help bees recover who had been exposed to neonicotoids, but it also helped the bees and when they compared the control group that had never been exposed to a group that had never been exposed but also had the infrared treatment. The infrared bees did much better, were much healthier on all counts. So it's almost as if brief exposure to infrared for honeybees gives them a bit of a health boost. You know, it's almost like a health makeover maybe. So given bees only live four to five weeks this time of the year and how quickly they pass on changes in behavior neurologically. It'll be interesting to see if in the in the webcam hive that we have going that has 24-7 HD TV quality video, if these bees begin to bask a bit more in the infrared sun. It's almost like they're, they're infrared uh, rays. It's almost as if they're giving themselves a suntan of some sort. I'll keep track of it and keep keep commenting uh, so so go to wildflowerbeefarm.com have a look go ahead and, and you can also click a button and send your observations we need your help so if it's like two in the morning and you can't sleep 
check check the cam and see what's going on. Sometimes there's some strange happenings at night, um, and I'd appreciate your help with this. I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing week. Talk soon.